All right, welcome in into the Triangle Podcast, Couch Guy. And pressure is put on him; he's performed. So, I'm going to ask the question: Why haven't they done this all season long? Whenever it seems like his playing time becomes into jeopardy in question, this dude decides he's going to turn on and play. Yeah, he was the American League um, Rookie of the Month for August. He's still swinging a hot stick coming into September. Um, but I mean, uh, Alex Cora kind of doubled down, and he doesn't regret not playing. Schwaber and doesn't think there's much for an explanation needed for that. Maybe the dude just needed some time off and he gets to come back. But when you go and make a claim, this is the biggest um, pickup at the deadline. You know what I mean? Like they need Schwaber to be, they need Schwaber to be producing. And it just kind of shows that he kind of really doesn't fit that well here in Boston as much as, you know, he's provided some, you know, pretty good moments over the course of the, you know, since he came here or started to play anyway, when he came off the IL. This is why I like you guys. You get where my mind's going. Look, I said this from day one, right? Like, I, I think Rizzo would have been the better fit because you needed an actual first baseman, right? Like, obviously, Schwarber's been hitting better when he's been in there than Rizzo. Rizzo has kind of fizzled out, right, for the most part. But, again, the whole Yankees roster basically has in the last, like, couple weeks. But when, when I look at Schwarber, I've been sold the idea, and well, someone's been trying to sell me the idea of – Oh, he can play first base. That's why he's here. We have a first base problem, and he can hit the crap out of the ball. Don't get me wrong. He's had some big hits, right, in these key games. But other than those couple hits, his average hasn't been great. And the couple times we've thrown him at first base, because you're still trying to sell that idea to me, he made a big error, right, that cost that basically almost cost him the game. And yeah. so why are we still trying it? Like, I get you want to force him in, but, like, at this point, I think – and this is just me saying this – they're better with him off of the starting Ross lineup and let him pinch hit when needed. Like let him pinch hit when needed. I know you need some rest down the stretch here. Like I'm okay with him playing here and there to give Bobby Dahlbeck some days off if, if he really needs it. But like, I'd rather just have Schwarber be a bat off the bench at this point and spot start him if needed, because I'd rather at this point, Bobby Dahlbeck can't come out of the lineup. Like I don't even care. Like he's playing that well to me that this weekend, Schwarber had a chance to come in and do his thing against Baltimore and he couldn't even get on the field against one of the worst teams in baseball. Like they still played Dahlbeck. Let me let me ask you this, Jared and Chris. This goes to you too. Would you rather that option, or would you rather do this? Say it's the wild card game. Say you're playing the Jays, Yankees, whoever you're playing. Schwarber and left, Verdugo and center. And I before he hold hold that thought for a sec. Kike at second. That way you get three bats in the lineup. You still have JD in the lineup too at DH. And that's your best lineup probably going forward. But see, you're going to have to do that because you're not going to have Jose Iglesias. Right, because Iglesias can't he, be on the playoff roster. He can't make the playoff roster. So either Royal's back and you're playing him in second base, which, you, I mean, you might. Or you're just going to – but you don't want to take Kike out. I think your best situation now is that. Because, I mean, just don't be wrong. I wish Jose Iglesias could make the postseason roster right now the way he's playing. What a sneaky, great pickup by Heim that's been. He's filled the needs while they've been on this COVID situation, and he's playing great defense at second base, and he's hitting in clutch spots. Like, honestly, this is something we can talk about after the season's over, but, like, I wouldn't mind them bringing back Iglesias for a year next year if they don't feel like Jeter Downs is ready. Like, that, that he's been earning a, a spot on this team, but that, that question exactly, yeah, yeah. Kike is going to be your second baseman most likely. You're going to have Verdugo play center. Um, and and maybe you have Schwarber for left or whatever, but like you, Schwarber and Martinez both in the lineup is very deadly. I'd like them to be able to do that, but they got to also take care of this defense because when we notice when they force Schwarber in the lineup in the field, the defense slacked and that's why they were losing games. But where's, and, and to kind of 
still go off that. If you have all of them in the lineup, where's the weak spot besides your catching, besides your catcher? I mean, Christian Vasquez, he's picked it up a little bit lately. And Plawecki's kind of fallen off since he had that hot start to the season. But either way, I mean, does it sound crazy that maybe you start Kevin Plawecki and then bring Vasquez in as a defensive replacement late in the game? I'd rather Vasquez. I, I, to me, I feel like he has a better handle on the starting rotation. But like, and at that point, I value the catcher for that reason. Hitting is a bonus at that position. Like for me, like if he really can't hit, let him hit ninth and let him be the catcher. Yeah, I, the big thing too, if you like to circle back with with Schwarber, we saw a lot of him because JD Martinez was also struggling at the plate. Now JD's not struggling anymore, and his bats, you know, is starting to come alive. So now it's like they kind of like switch roles in that respect. But to your point, asking about like defense too, I, it's, it's, that's their best, that's their best offensive lineup. And unfortunately it's going to impact their defense. And I, unfortunately what I really think is going to end up happening is the Red Sox are going to get in and the, the, the defense they've played, the shitty defense all season long is going to rear its ugly head in the postseason. And for me, I think the biggest person I worry about the most is Devers. Like, he scares me the most out of anybody. I think, like, the outfielders have made some stupid plays. I think Verdugo tries to overdo it and wants to make the spectacular play so everybody can be talking about it and tweet it and all that other stuff. I think Connor Renfro just had some boneheaded plays that's out there. J.D. Martinez is what it is. Him and Kyle Schwarber are the same thing. It's Devers. Devers scares me at third base. And that's going to be something Bloom, and I mentioned it last episode, Bloom is going to have to address this defense in the offseason. Um, I would love to see them bring back Iglesias for the fact that he can stay on the field and, and Arroyo can't. I know everybody loves Arroyo, but at this point, like if I could get anything for him in the offseason, I would totally entertain that. The guy can't stay healthy. He's been on the IL three times. I haven't mentioned COVID. So I'm kind of out on, on Christian Arroyo. I know it's not you know, a popular take here right now, but the guy can't stay healthy. No, he can't. It, it, to go back to the Renfro point real quick, Chris, and I hate to sound like those – you know, boneheads from, I shouldn't say boneheads, but those knuckleheads from 98.5. But they're right about this, especially Tony Maz is right about this. Hunter Renfro has fallen in love with his arm. Like he's trying to make up for the fact because he has the most outfield assists, but he also has the most uh, errors out of any everyday outfielder. So he's just trying to make up for, you know, a bad play with his arm. I agree. And they've, they've done that though all season long. And it's like, even like the same thing, that was the other night when, when, Verdugo made that boneheaded dive. He didn't have to make a dive for that. Or, like, it just – these guys are trying to do too much. Instead of just simplifying it and they're just trying to do too much and they want that highlight play. And, and sometimes the highlight play is not needed. Like, the play that Renfro made where he threw the dude out at third base to end the game, like, that's that was great. That's, you know, few and far between. That's not going to happen every single night. And well, that was, you forget, he that has was, you forgetting about it. He has you forgetting about his bonehead mistakes when he does stuff like that. Exactly. And that was even after D- Danny Santana dives and misses the ball, and then if that guy, like, I can't wait until after the season's over and they can just send Danny Santana off in the sunset because that dude sucks. Marlon Gonzalez yes. actually, I think, is better than Danny Santana. I don't know what the I don't know what the infatuation is with Danny Santana. He doesn't hit. He doesn't field. He just allows them the opportunity to play at a bunch of different positions. But you have enough guys to do that. Like it's enough with Danny Santana's. And I hope again Bloom handles that in during the off season. There's a lot of off season stuff, and we don't need to go into it off season now. But like you, you see Tristan Cassis. Is he going to be ready to come springtime? And this, what does that do for Bobby Dahlbeck? Well, again, um, end games coming up in Worcester right now with that call up today. Yeah, so there's there's interesting storylines for the offseason. So we'll have a lot to talk about. But 
it's the, the wild card game scares me at this point i think they'll get there right like i, I know we have a couple weeks left but like they're playing well enough that they're scared like al said earlier on like their schedule is so easy at this point the only quote-unquote hard team they're playing is the yankees two with the mets yeah three against the two at home against the mets, the mets. three at three at home against the home yankees. against the yankees three at baltimore three at washington Baltimore, Washington, who Baltimore doesn't even deserve to be called an MLB team. And Washington that threw in the towel at the trade deadline. So that, that right there, if you don't go eight and three in those 11 games, you did something wrong. Mm-hmm. You, you did. You, you should, with the lineup that you, with the roster you have, with, the, with all this, the down file that we're talking about right now, they should be able to show up and go eight and three. With and this, go ahead. No, I'm saying like with the pitching the way it's been, right? Because I'm all, I'm all, I'm applauding, right? Good job, Alex Cora, going down to the four-man rotation. Like, do that. You don't need any more than that, especially with a day. You, you have a day off in between every series here, so like you have time to rest. That you can make that work. Um, and I'm going to talk about Tanner Howe in like ten minutes because he's part of this. Huh? That four-man rotation makes eight and three like a cakewalk if they just show up and play baseball because the offense is hitting the crap out of the ball. And again, Al, your point: the last two series of the season, you're you're facing Triple A teams. Or teams that don't care. It's it's not that hard. And especially with the pitching rotation, you have Rodriguez that's going to go against the Mets. I would personally, if you can kind of finagle it a little bit, I don't know exactly what they're thinking in terms of rest and everything, but I would go Pavetta against the Mets. You have your, that off day Thursday. Then your weekend series, you can come back with Sale, Eovaldi, and Rodriguez. That gives you the best shot right now of winning two out of three. Then you can do whatever the hell you want against Baltimore. You can throw, um, you can throw Tanner Houck another start if you want to, just to get him some work. You can bring up Connor Siebold and have him pitch a game against Baltimore. I'm sure with the offense, the Red Sox will win that game. And then you can kind of get guys ready for the postseason. And I would get personally, I'd line up so that way Chris Sale's ready to go in that wild card game. Chris Sale has to pitch the wild card game. If they get in, yeah, he has to. They have to figure that out. Would, would it be out of the question for them to start? Of Eovaldi and then go sale. No, needed. No. I mean, to be fair, I don't. I don't love. I don't hate that idea because if you do win, you're getting Tampa, right? Like that's kind of the way it's lining up here. So like, if you win, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't mind Evaldi going start game one either. But then you know you're getting sale game one if Evaldi pitches well. But then Evaldi didn't look great the other day. So like, <laughs> my my one hesitation with Evaldi is the one bad inning he has it every single start. Even the Baltimore start, third inning, gives up three runs on like four hits. So that's my only hesitation. Now with Sale, you could argue the hesitation is his pitch count because he hasn't gotten above like 80 to 90 pitches. So that's a concern too. You need Sale in that wild card game and in the postseason if you make it to go deep into the ball game. And if he can't do it, then you're you're cooked. So let's talk about the Yankees series quickly and then I want to talk about the bullpen. Well, well the ninth inning is really where I want to go. But do they – do they knock the Yankees essentially out of the playoffs next week, this weekend? This weekend. Yeah, it's Monday. Like, is this series the end for the Yankees? Like, do the Red Sox step up to them? Because I feel like if you win two out of three against the Yankees, there's a good chance they don't make the playoffs, the way the Blue Jays are playing right now. Well, they have, they have the opportunity to do something they should have done weeks ago and take the proverbial nails that uh, Felger and Maz and Big Jim have been constantly talking about and just hammering home into the Yankees the casket. Like they have the opportunity to do that. And it would almost be like fitting, like it's a perfect narrative to the way to the start of the season. And then like that two month struggle, the Sox had only to come back and go and end that season for them after all the Rizzo talk and everything else. Yep. Um, it would be a, it would be a perfect ending. Um, 
and the Sox need to. The Sox need to go take two or three out of that series, and to what you guys were saying, they need to go eight and three, um, and they need to go into the into this postseason um, on a roll. And it's it's time to to kind of back up that talk. This team has been saying that they have been all what they were all season long. You know what I mean? Like now you have pretty much everything kind of you know clearing up. The Kobe piece is starting to break up a little bit now with this team. They're getting everybody back for the most part. It's time to now to perform, and it's time to start meeting some expectations here. Team ha- should get into the postseason. It would be no better, no fitting way to end it with by taking out New York. There, there really is another way. And statistic-wise, if you keep that two-and-a-half-game lead that you have on the Yankees for that first wild-card spot, win two out of three, you gain a game, you're talking three-and-a-half with like six to go, and you have the, the two series that you have with the, the Orioles and the Nationals, and I think the Yankees still have to play the Rays. And I don't Correct me if I'm wrong. Do they play the Jays again, or are they done with the Jays? I know, I I know they have the Rays. So. They play the Rays. That's the thing. It's like they play us, and they play the Rays. Like, and, of, and, of course, the Rays can't take care of business for the teams that they're playing against that we're in competition with. Like the, the Blue Jays took two out of three against them. The, the Rays are losing right now as we're recording. They're down one nothing to the Jays. I mean, guys, Jays. to be fair – the Red Sox aren't mathematically out of the division here, guys. Just say it. They're not winning. Get, get if out. The Rays, if the Rays just skid, they just keep doing what they're doing. Get out of here with that take, Jared. You, you, you don't even believe that. I can read it in your face. You're, you're trying to hide it. You don't believe it. What are you it. talking about? There's no video. There's no proof of that, Al. Who believes but it? I can, see your, I can see your face. The others can't see your face, but I can see it. And your face is saying you don't believe that. Just saying. They're not, not out of it. Yankees end with uh, the Tampa Bay Rays. Oh, that could be a big weekend for them. That could be huge. And then the Red Sox are ending with the Nationals. So if they're going to go look, Sox, Toronto, and then Tampa. They're, they're you know they they have Texas right now. They should feast on. They should theoretically take three against Texas. They should have taken three out of Baltimore too. They didn't. So and and, and Cleveland. And Cleveland, yeah. That series. You so you said it goes it goes Texas, Boston. Toronto, Tampa Bay. Yep. That they're out of the playoffs. They're not making the playoffs. They, I think realistically, the Yankees have to go at least, like we said with the Red Sox, eight and three or nine and two, and they need the Red Sox to play under five hundred baseball. Which, with the schedule the way it's lined up, they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't, I don't see the Yankees making the playoffs. And if they do, then something went horribly wrong. And that's us giving the Blue Jays like the, the credit they deserve because I don't see them missing the way they're playing. Like since right. July, these guys, they, they've, they've made up a huge gap. They're making the playoffs. Now, let me tell you this. A one-game wild card, Red Sox, Blue Jays at Fenway could be, could be spicy. Could be some fireworks in that game. I'd be, I'd be nervous that they're going to win. And would I be mad if we lost to the Blue Jays? No. It's the especially, Blue Jays. Especially Whatever. with Robbie Ray on the mound and the way he's been pitching all year. He's a side young, he's a side young uh, candidate this year. Yeah. No, I agree. Okay, um, I have a question. The ninth inning. Matt Barnes is coming back. He's working his way back, but I don't really trust him. I don't think they can use him. Garrett Richards has been there, but that's, that's the name itself, Garrett Richards. So I don't really want to trust him in the ninth inning of a wild card game. I have my name. I know who I want in the ninth inning. I, think I want to know. I want to know. Well, I think you and I might agree on this, but I'm curious what Chris feels. Who would you want, Chris, in the ninth inning of to close the game right now who's on your roster? Who would, who would you take? It's obviously not going to be Matt Barnes, I don't think, because I don't think he's had enough time to get his head out of his ass. 
right? And figure himself out, um, which is unfortunate because he had that huge first half. He was an all-star for a reason. But I'm assuming it's not going to be Matt Barnes. Who, who, who's going to be the closer? You know, I think it's probably going to be Ottavino. I, it, to me, that's what it kind of feels like. Um, I'm not sure if this is where you want to segue and tease the Tanner Houck piece, but I don't know if I feel comfortable with Houck pitching in the ninth and arguably the biggest game of the season. Um, I think the problem, the thing that's a little scary is that you have this, the Whitlock injury. And yep. luckily that, you know, Chris Cotillo is saying that it's, it's potentially minor. If he's going to miss extended time, that throws a huge wrench to a lot of things for this team. He's been their best reliever. So um, I'd be a little nervous about Tanner Houck pitching in the ninth, but you see how like nasty he's been that first time around against, against lineups. So I think he's got the stuff for it. I'm just really worried about putting him – like, is that spot too big for him this soon? I mean, it's assuming that's what you guys were thinking. See, you're right. That's, that's what I was thinking. I don't know if that's where you thought I was going, Al. That's not what I was thinking. Oh, well, I'll get your thoughts in a second then. I'll, to keep on that train because Chris brought him up. His struggles have always been that third time around. He's been so good the first two times around that I have no issues handing him the ball. I don't know if this is their plan for him. Like, I don't know if they really believe long-term he's still a starter and they're just doing this because they don't need him in the rotation, but I could see him very much turning into the next like Papelbon where they just know he has that stuff and can just come in lights out and, and make guys miss and become the next Red Sox closer. Like, I don't know if you guys see that or even think that's a possibility, but that that's kind of where I, I, I would love to see him in. But like, when it comes to now, I think he's been so unhittable for a lot of people and that, especially that first time around. You tell him in the eighth inning he's coming up in the ninth, I feel like he's the type of guy that's going to have that Chris Sale mentality. He's going to go psychotic, grab the ball, and go finish the game. And, like, anybody – I mean, maybe Whitlock if he's healthy because he's been so good. But, like, I don't even know. I feel like out of Ottavino, I don't know if I trust him as much as Hulk. I think Hulk has better stuff right now, and I just want Hulk to go make guys miss. I wish the Sox would have used Hulk more out of that bullpen all season long. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, having him with Whitlock towards that back into the bullpen, and then you can kind of slot out the other guys like Salamura, and then obviously we just talked about Adovino. Well, um, that might tip their hand, too. That might say that they actually think he's a starter long-term. I don't think he is. I think, to your point, I think that, you know, for him, I think it's – I think him being in the pen is better suited. I think he would be a better piece to have in that closer role long-term. I, you know, getting him, you know, full spring training and then go into that role. That part scares the hell out of me, and he, he, even all year. You know, I don't care that he was an all-star. I never thought of him as an actual closer. Well, coming into the year, they were like, yeah, Matt Barnes is our closer. I'm like, really? It, it, that, it, that, it, that's what you're going with? It's almost like, did you watch him pitch last year? Did you watch him pitch any year? Like, the dude is, yep. is, is usually and generally erratic, and we've seen that over this second half of the season. And, you know, I know we don't want to talk about off-season, but, like, I think the closer role, if they don't go internally, they need to address that this off-season. I don't care if you sign Matt yeah. Barnes. Long-term, they have, they, have, they have solutions internally if they want to. Right, like if they trust Ottavino, maybe next year if he feel, if he figures it out with Whitlock and and like you think about real quick, and then we'll go to Alex. I'm curious the name is in his head for who he wants in that ninth inning. But like if you throw seven, eight, nine, like Whitlock, Hauk, Ottavino, or whatever order next year, and maybe Barnes in this in there too, like six, seventh inning, like your bullpen could be pretty nasty because those guys are good. So uh, they have options. Deep. I think their bullpen is one of the deepest bullpens going into this postseason. Yeah, they have options, and then Garrett Richards and and um, Perez have been so good since they flipped. Like, I can't believe we're saying that. Like, they've been good. I am. It's, it's, it's crazy. Um, Al, I want your name. Ninth inning, wild card game, home against the Blue Jays. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is up at the plate. 
who do you want pitching to him? I mean, it's not like an uncommon name, but when healthy, it's Garrett Whitlock. I mean, Whitlock is the guy that he's been nails pretty much all season. He hasn't had many bad outings. I think he's had only like two or three bad outings all year. Like some are even giving him like rookie of the year, like votes and stuff like that. The good thing about him is he's able to turn the page after a mistake too. And that's a big mentality you need as a closer. Matt Barnes, I think that's the reason that he's kind of not done well since the all-star break is because once one bad outing kind of happened, then he let it snowball. Whitlock doesn't allow that. He goes after the next hitter. He attacks the next hitters. And he's able to get out of jams and minimize damage. So that's the guy I want on the mound right now, assuming, like Chris said, that this right peck injury isn't serious and he can be back before the wild card game. I'm okay. With, if they believe Whitlock's healthy, I'm okay with it. I just – I see Tanner Houck slider and just go, how do you not give that dude the ball? And, like – I'm also salivating, Chris, to your point, the, the idea of him being a closer long-term. Like, I, I think they have something there to be a guy in the bullpen, the back end of that bullpen, for a very long time if they treat him like that and don't try to make him back into a starter. Now, I'm curious, has he come out publicly and said he still wants to be a starter since they made that switch? Like, I know he's going to say now I'll do anything for the team because he's been saying that, but, like, is there any, any rumblings of him saying, like, I want to be a starter still? Do we know? No, I, I think he's just going to – I think it's been mainly what he, like, what's best for the team. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm curious. The next couple weeks will be very telling. Uh, obviously, there's a good chance they host this wild card game. The way the schedule is lining up, they don't have to play the Blue Jays again, right? So really, you're in, your, you're in control here. The only team you have to play that's even in close is the Yankees. And even then, I think right now, the way both teams are playing, you should take two out of three and you're at home, right? So to Al's point, eight and three is really a bare minimum for me. And that's me being Mr. Pessimist to this team, like eight and three should be a bare minimum with with your roster, the way they're playing, the way they're hitting the ball and the way things are lining up. If they don't host the wild card game, if they're, if they're on the road, I think they lose. Like, I I think this team wants to be at home. They should be at home. And then you figure out Tampa if you get there. And then do they get past Tampa? Probably not. Do either of those teams, I mean, Toronto might get past Tampa, but like, I don't know. It's interesting. Do you guys think there's a shot there though? They get the, if they say they get, say they win the wild card game. The way Tampa's playing. I'm curious. And then that's pretty much all. Do you, do you guys think they can get past Tampa right now? No. No, and they haven't, they haven't proven that they, that, they, that they can all year. But, I mean, the way this unpredictable season has been, they'll probably steamroll in the first round. And, <laughs> you know, so it's so unpredictable. So It'd be interesting. Are we still happy with Cora? Just a quick question because then we're going to wrap it up. But – the way he's been managing, the way things have fallen, some decisions, right? Like, are we still happy with Cora, the way he's managing this team now that they're playing better? They seem to have found a, a situation here. Um, are we still happy with Cora? Absolutely. He's going to get this team to 90 wins in a playoff spot when nobody thought that they were going to be anything this year, ourselves included. We didn't think that they were going to do much this year, Jared, when you and I were first talking about this team before Chris came into the fold. And Chris, I don't know what your thoughts were going into the year, but, you know, like we said, you know, we didn't think this team was going to be much of anything. We were like, okay, give it another year, and then maybe there'll be something. But they're a year ahead of schedule, it looks like. I thought, like, low 80s for wins, to be honest with you. And I, back months ago, um, when Maddie and I had, were on a different show, we did the same thing, too. Matt has them in the World Series. Um, Maddie Key went from high heat. But um, 
I thought I thought low 80s was was a good benchmark to kind of like kick off Alex Cora era. The the big thing is like I've been relatively okay with Cora. The team plays incredibly hard for him. Um, you know, Cora can't play the field for these guys who keep you know making these untimely errors in the field. Uh, but I thought I think that Cora's done a pretty good job, all things considered. Now, if they let's say something dramatic happens, they don't make the postseason this year, and they have a tough year next year. I think we have to have a different conversation with Alex Cora, but he gets them in to your point, 90 wins, you know, who in there literally who in their right mind would have thought that was going to happen based off what we saw last year. I mean, this team was a dumpster fire. Everybody thinks Bloom sucks. Like, but yet the moves he's made, this team is doing well. And they, he, the high Bloom and Alex Cora have this team in a position to host a wild card game, which they should be hosting a, First round series, but they blew the division. But now they have an opportunity to host a wild card game against Toronto, who you should beat. And then once you get in, all, all bets are off. So, yeah, I'm happy with Cora right now. I have no complaints. But I have a quick question for you guys, and then I'll let Jared kind of wrap it up. Who would you rather play in the wild card game? Plain and simple, the Jays or the Yankees? At home. Yankees. Is it still at home? Are we yeah. assuming this is home? The Yankees? Yeah, at home. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, and I hate saying this too, Pete. I, like, I don't fear New York's lineup really as much as Toronto, but I always have that like New York Yankee Red Sox playoff anxiety, um, and it probably just stems back to you know the early two thousands. Um, but I, I think that's what baseball is like. You have to have that. Uh, but I would say New York. I would say they just, just their lineup just doesn't scare me. It just really doesn't. And as I say that, I see in my timeline that Gary Sanchez is a home run. But um, no, I, I don't. Yeah, I would say it's Toronto scares me, and you know that that's a that's a big league lineup. That's from one through nine. That team is loaded. And to be fair to the Toronto point, I feel like they underplayed a while. They're trying to figure out their team as an identity. Like this is the team that I honestly thought the Blue Jays would look like this the majority of the year. Like I like you saw what they had in place, and obviously they brought in some pieces, but like. They, I think they vastly underperformed earlier on the year before they really turned it on since, what, July, August, whatever it was. So this team, to me, is a much bigger threat to you than the Yankees. If somehow you can get – I mean, look, I think it's going to be the Blue Jays and then we're going to sweat it out. But, like, I, I think you're much better off if the Yankees happen to get in. I mean, that's kind of productive because you have to play them and you would need to beat them to, like, assure yourself. Um, but overall, I'd rather play the Yankees 100%. You look at the lineup, right? Like, none of them have been hitting the ball that well. Um, and they have the worst closer in baseball. So, like, hey, whatever. They're good. Glad we're all on the same page. Perfect. Toronto. I'd rather not play Toronto. Play the Yankees. Into the Triangle Podcast on Couch Guy Sports, of course, episode 57. Presented by Axel Gun. CGS 10. Axel Gun. CGS 10. Our friends. Um, yeah. Rate your subscribe anywhere you can find your podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, everywhere, basically. That's what we have. CouchGuysports.com, that's where we are as well. All the other podcasts, the written content, of course. Um, YouTube channel, the Twitch. Uh, go rate, subscribe, and follow and do all that stuff in all those places. Um, and we'll have some news for the next week or two around Couch Guys Sports. So just eyeball emoji for the next like, week. Well, it's not going to be publicized. But anyway, in the Triangle Podcast, episode 57. Boys, it was fun. Uh, we've got some big week, uh, big week against the New York teams. Hopefully we're coming back next week. What? Maybe two losses. One, really, ideally. Um, And uh, we'll go from there. Everyone else, go Sox, and we'll talk next week. See you. Peace.